the college football experience, FCS national championship and Alabama, Georgia national championship preview on the sports gambling podcast networks presented by win bet. Win bet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona from boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport. Win bet is what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a thousand dollar risk free sports bet or download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com. That's W Y N N bet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free to play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the head to head matchups. Download the app today or just head over to betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's better fantasy, B E T T O R fantasy.com slash SGPN. We're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN. And of course, you're brought to you by us, the SGPN app. Yes, don't forget to download the SGPN app. You're home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Hey, what's up, you degenerate gamblers? This is Bill Burr, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride, baby. Welcome to the college football experience, FCS national championship and the invitational national championship, Georgia, Alabama and college football talk episode. My name is Colby swinging database, Dan, AKA pick Dundee. That's not a pick. This is a pick. Nobody knows nothing. Somebody knows double the price, but no one touches Dundee. <laughs> have some fun. Bowl season was kind. College football invitational, not so much when it comes to gambling, but we will talk about that in a minute. First, gotta gotta introduce you to my co-host. Still not in studio, but we're working on it. He's getting closer. All right, give it up for the burrito eating, sideline kiss stealing, wheeling and dealing, Patty C in the place to be. Hi! Coming in hot! There you go, pal! Back in LA, rocking and rolling. Gotta love that. Out this college football season for the right time. All right, third man in the booth. Give it up for the DFS god himself. The rooftop IPA drinking. Home brew making, tobacco road living, the free lock giving, former, former Herndon Optimus MVP. Give it up for NC Nick in the place to be. How are you, pal? Hey, doing pretty good, man. How you guys doing today? I'll give you some music. <laughs> oh, gotta love some tech mobile. Like connections a little yeah. weak though, huh? A All right, static-y, little yeah, static. Yeah, felt like there was static I think there. Everybody uh, knew what they were uh, hearing there. That's the aliens, man. Um, guys, we got two college football games left. Two, just two, and then the season. You know, it seems like a, you, I don't know that the off season is going to be that boring this year because it's been wild, and I'll jump right into it in a second here. Because, I mean, there's talk. Well, first, I guess let's just do this reaction show. Georgia murked Michigan. NC Nick was right, and I'll be damned if Stetson Bennett didn't look like Roger Stahlbeck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> dude, I, I I gotta admit, oh my god! Like, dude, I would have bet. Look, okay, I could see myself losing the eight points in Michigan. I did not 
think Stetson Bennett would ever look that good in his life. I, I, I am. I was taken back. It almost makes me believe. Can he do it twice in a row and be a legend? Um, I said, I need. If he beats Bama, we got to get a statue of him in the studio. (laughs) All the smack you talked about Stetson Bennett over the years. Shit. Hey, rightfully so. Some people are are late bloomers, I suppose. Um, So not only did he have you know a fantastic game, but as I thought might happen, the Georgia D. Really stepped up big time, and, and the O line—they didn't give up a sack. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's kind of like they were pissed about losing Alabama, huh? You were, you were <laughs> on that one. I was. I, I didn't expect that though. I, I expected. I mean, I picked Georgia to cover, but I thought it was going to be uh, a little bit more even, you know. Um, but hey, sometimes the SEC shows why they win a lot of championships. Well. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, we'll see. Uh, I still think in a large don't start Colby in down a large that, uh, playoff, <laughs> it'd be a bit different. I, I I I still think Ohio State would match up pretty damn good with uh, Georgia, but I will say this: that was fucking impressive. And maybe I eat my words there some more if Georgia beats Bama. But let's talk about the other side of things. The uh, well, well, real quick, let's let's not act like Stetson Bedden didn't do his. Uh, Stereotypical throw the ball over the middle late a few times and ha- have it float through the defense and uh, harmlessly That's hit the true. ground a couple. That's true, but at the same time, like he looked crisper than ever. I thought, like, uh, oh, he looked great. Yeah, I'm not going to take it. That is the best I've ever seen him. I'm sure his mom is going to say that, even when he was in Little League. I've never <laughs> seen like I mean that was impressive. And uh, yeah, and George, how about you see that that clip of George Pickens blocking, just destroying mm. the corner for. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know which corner it was, but um, and, and and I don't know if you guys got a chance to read my preview column, but on that column I said specifically Dalvin Cook's little brother James Cook might be the difference maker, and sure enough, he had over hundred over hundred yards receiving and a touchdown, and also some yardage on the ground as well. And you can oh. read all of NC Nick's columns at sportsgamblingpodcast.com or in the SGPN app. So go get that thing. Yeah, you were right on that one. Bama Cincinnati was kind of how I envisioned it. Now look. I was a good sport. I took Cincinnati in the points, but I told Patty C. I thought they were the worst group of five team of of late, of really the past decade that that really made one of the runs. You know that was undefeated, um, and mainly because I thought the offense was flawed all year, and I thought that was going to be a problem against Alabama, who hasn't even had the, the one of their better defense. I mean, their defense is good, but at the same time, like. I thought that was a huge issue. Now I still thought they might be able to cover that big number that didn't happen, but I, I still think they play that a couple of times. I think they might cover it because they, they had some, some miscues. They, they drop a, 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 a fumble uh, on a punt return that they had a nice shot at getting. They drop a touchdown. The uh, Ritter gets 10 balls knocked down. And I think at the end <laughs> of the day, Ritter was the, the glaring weakness. Now, yes, Alabama's O line was doing whatever what they want. And I'm surprised that Cincinnati didn't make more adjustments, but um, I think the real, I think if you replace Desmond Ritter with the likes of, uh, I don't know, Dylan Gabriel or Dorian Thompson Robinson, or I don't know, he, someone that's decent, Hank Bachmeyer. I think, I think, <laughs> I, I think Cincinnati scores more touchdowns, more points. Your take guys on that game and your take on my statements. <sighs> Um, well, I think, you know, overall Cincinnati's approach, I, I didn't think it was terrible. I think yet they needed to play, you know, when you're playing Alabama and you have that much of a talent deficit, you can't just sit there and say, Hey, we're going to give you the run and slow the game down and, and let you run the clock on us. And you're going to get your points, but you're not going to get that many. Uh, Cause you basically can't trade possessions with Alabama. And that's what they kind of tried to do there. Um, and it kind of worked in keeping the game low scoring. And if their offense could have generated any points, then maybe who knows they would have been in it. And after that first drive, I was like, Holy crap, maybe Cincinnati's got a great game plan here. But like you said, Ritter was such a disappointment, you know, even on, that- the, even on the non-critical throw, like he was late. His delivery was late. Like, I feel like even on, I feel like almost on every throw I saw, I was like, man, this guy is, he's telegraphing his passes. I mean, like it was just obvious to me where he was going. And then, like I said, late, there was like a third, a big third and three. 
um, right before the half where they had to punt and he threw, they throw the ball too late and it was, the guy was open. If he hits him like a second or two earlier, it's a f- not only a first down, he's probably going to get 10 or 15 yards. Um, yeah. Little things like leading your receiver. Like, I mean, he's shorting the receiver. They're having to stop and catch the ball short of the sticks. Saw that a bunch. Whereas it, in contrast, obviously to uh, Bama, you know, um, God, why am I drawing a blank on their quarterback right Bryce now? Bryce Young. Yeah. Young. He he's making all these ad lib plays, you know, he's under pressure. He pitches it out out to uh Robinson and he picks up twenty yards on it. It, it that was a very uh, obvious difference in quarterback play right there. Well that's the thing, is Bama over the years they've had weakness playing mobile quarterback. Ritter didn't even run much. He didn't even pose the dual threat. Um I was disappointed by the I mean, look, I I I thought they would even try to get more creative offensively having a month to prep. Um, so I was disappointed there, but overall I kind of thought the game would play like that because I didn't think, I mean, Sean and Ryan were making fun of me back in uh, November saying like, I'm like, no, I, I, I they should have lost. If Davis Brin wasn't a pussy, they would have lost to Tulsa never been in it. Now. I just think they were an incredibly flawed team from an offensive standpoint in, in probably one of the worst offenses I thought in the college football playoff era, Michigan state would probably be the, the only other one that I think would, 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 would be probably below them. But Nick, what'd you take on the game? Well, it was a tough game to have the points because I mean, for a good portion, they were still covering and the cover was always in play, but you never felt good about it. It was like a slow torture, you know, Uh, (laughs) overall. I mean, yeah, Ritter did not have a great game. Uh, I thought the line play on both sides was the real difference maker though, especially, you know, from like quarter two throughout the rest of the game into the second half, the Alabama D line was just you know putting way too much pressure on Ritter uh, offensively. Obviously Alabama, they ran for over 300 yards. I didn't think they would be able to have that much success passing the ball, especially with Mechie out. They didn't need to, because they could just run and pick up seven, eight yards per carry. So really the game came down to the battle in the trenches and the power five sec offensive and defensive line stood were head and shoulders better than anything that the American, you know, champion Cincinnati Bearcats could, could uh, put up. I agree, but you're well, still running a three, three stack. And I thought that they didn't make many adjustments there, but I still think Desmond Ritter was to me, one of the biggest storylines of like, if you can't move the ball, and put strike any fear into Alabama's defense, even though yes, they, they did get some, pre- especially I feel like as the game went on to your point, they were able to get more and more uh, pressure on them. But at the same time, I still feel like there was plays. There was like players, there were open players at times. And I felt like it was all on the quarterback. There was decisions. I thought where he could have ran, he didn't run. You know, That's, like that was, that was confusing for me is why he didn't try to run more. Uh, finally in the second half, he pulled the ball down a couple times, but yeah, for some reason he just wanted to, to sit in the pocket and, and get his, his, his passes batted down. Uh, he should have got out of the pocket, should have done some bootlegs some rollouts. He should have took off more. He should have been the dual third option that he's been in the past. I don't know if it, what that, if that wasn't a game plan, if Bama somehow neutralized that, but he didn't seem to take a, a, you know advantage of his legs whatsoever. If anything, I think Cincinnati did a great job in the first half against Will Anderson. He didn't do that much in the first half. Yeah. Second half, but he, don't forget Alec Pierce had a, a touchdown go through his hands on the first drive. Well, the fir- the play uh, before that though was the bad ball. The, the guy yeah, is wide open, ball. wide open. Right. Um, but but Pierce couldn't get. Uh, he was open on those two plays. I don't think he was open the rest of the game. So he he definitely got beat by the Bama secondary. So I don't put it all on Ritter, but obviously he did not have a good game. And if Cincinnati was going to hang with Bama or possibly beat Bama, Ritter had to have the best game of his career. He had to basically do what Sesson Bennett did. Um, I mean, I'll say this too. I mean, we, we we're giving the, the Cincinnati a hard time in, about what they did in the trenches. I actually think they did adjust a little bit in the second half. They gave up 17 points in the first half, only 10 in the second half. Um, and they were clearly, you know, basically going two high safeties and only putting seven in the box for the first half. And Alabama ran rough shot over them. They kind of adjusted and put their cornerbacks a little more on an Island, especially when Jamison Williams went down for a drive or two. Um, and Alabama really didn't move the ball much as much on them in the second half. But on the other side, you're right. Bama's defense just 
completely dominated the Cincy offense and all, all facets of the game all game long. So, well, and, and to your point, I mean, Cincinnati limited Bama to 27 points, which was the, the third lowest amount Bama scored all year. So obviously they did something right. I mean, you know, they picked off Bryce young and, and you know, and I I thought we're going to be able to get some points from it. I don't think they got points from it or if they did, it was three. But that was the strategy. The strategy was to limit the big plays and 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 give up more more rushing yards. You have force Bama to go on on longer drives, kill more clock, keep the game closer. They were able to do that. Unfortunately, they just couldn't do anything offensively. Yeah, and I, but, but that's my a point. A little bit on offense, and it's a different game. I, that, and that's my yeah. when I look at it. You know, I get I get it. Cincinnati's defense was probably better than maybe uh, UCF's or Boise's, but like. Those teams that that were a group of five teams, I thought had had difference makers offensively that would really put pressure on, you know, uh, college football playoff defenses. And Cincinnati didn't have that, in my opinion, all year, all year. They hundred percent, yeah. 100%. Especially they they relied on on the run game all year long, and you had to figure that Bama was going to neutralize that running game. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right. So uh, let's let before I, I. I mean, I. I guess I should hit on this right now. Sauce Gardner's going pro. I found this stat to be unbelievable. He never gave up a TD in three years. Wow, <laughs> that's incredible. That's pretty impressive. That's incredible. Uh, I got more news uh, to get to here in a second, but uh, first I want to tell you that the college football experience is brought to you by WinBet. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet's now live in Arizona, Colorado. Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And we're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from college football, college basketball, NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, and more. And WinBet has some awesome brand new bonuses. You can bet $5 and win $400 in free bets. That is amazing. Um, you can win a free trip to Shaq's Funhouse in L.A. Right? Uh, I mean, why go to Chuck E. Cheese when you go to Shaq's Funhouse? All right, <laughs> bet twenty dollars on Win Bet's uh, Build Your Own Bet feature and earn a chance to win a once in a lifetime experience for the big game. You and three guests will receive a VIP experience at Shaq's Funhouse, two nights at Win Las Vegas, a five five thousand dollar free bet at Win Las Vegas. Uh, sports book, and then a $5,000 credit for traveling. Um, great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet from boosted parlays to live in game odds on every major sport. We have what you need to win. Ready to play? We'll sign up today to receive a special offer, a risk free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com. That's W Y N N bet.com to start winning today. All right. I mean, uh, look, th- there's talk that Jim Harbaugh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like every off season I hear this, Jim Harbaugh might go to the, the NFL, maybe the Raiders, maybe the bears. Are you guys buying that after he just got Michigan finally over the hump, Nick? Well, you know, I mean, as he just learned, it's, it's tough to beat sec teams. Uh, for example, Brian Kelly took the, if you can't beat them, join them approach, leaving Notre Dame and going to LSU. So maybe Harbaugh just might the, if you, you know, take the, if you can't beat them, jump to the NFL approach. What do you mean though? Uh, you got the NIL pending. Michigan's about to be powerful, more powerful than they've been. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it has to do well, with, I don't know if that's going to necessarily, you know, shift the balance of power. I think those SEC schools are going to be, they have money also, you know, I, but Michigan's uh, got, I mean, Michigan, I mean, look, a, a perfect example. And I guess I'll lead into one of these stories, but I want to talk about both of these is uh Texas A and M's on the verge of having the best recruiting class ever. And there's reportedly uh, from what I'm hearing, uh, a booster reportedly spent $30 million on, on, <laughs> on. So dude, we know Texas A and M yeah. makes almost as much money as anyone in the nation, if not the most. Right. Yeah. I think Texas, Texas A and M do battle, but Michigan's right there. Yeah. Michigan. So I think Michigan in the NIL era is, Mm. is one that could really jump up potentially. Sure. I mean, I guess you don't really have to recruit anymore. I guess you just have to throw dollars and that, you know, to the highest bidder. I I mean, I don't think that's gonna be the case all the time. I think sometimes, you know, players might take a little bit less if they feel the fit is right. They feel it's a better, you know, path to the NFL, but 
you better be be talking with some cash, you know, in order to even get that sit down with the player. Uh, so I mean, yeah, Michigan does have deep pockets, sure, uh, but I, all those SEC schools do as well. So I, I don't know if I see a, a total, you know, like I said, a shift of power. But uh, well, hey, he well, was pretty good in the A&M, NFL. Do you think A and M will have a shift of power? Well, I mean, they're in the SEC. They are. They're pretty much a heavyweight right now, as far as the last few years, as far as recruiting and everything. Granted, they haven't made the playoffs yet, you know. But sure, they're going to be right up there. But I, I think they were the last few years anyway, because they were basically probably paying players illegally. Well, no, but they, they're eight and four. <laughs> they're eight and four every year. You got the COVID year where they had like kind of a, a I guess a one of their better years. But if you take away that co- that wacky COVID year, they're eight and four like every year. Right. Well, you know just sorry. Go ahead, Patty. I was just gonna uh, say real quick. I'm looking at the uh, composite uh, talent ranking or four-year recruiting rankings. A and M is sitting at eight right now. So, like Nick said, doing pretty well. But obviously, jumping up to number one this past year is a pretty big jump for them. Now, coincidentally, they their athletic department produces the number two most amount of money of any athletic department. Meanwhile, Michigan is down at fifteen, but they have the number four wealthiest yeah. athletic department. So now they're number nine this year, Michigan recruiting. Um, so an improvement over over where they've been for the past four years. So maybe that trend continues for Michigan too. But is it a good idea to give? An eighteen-year-old, two hundred fifty k. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, hey, this is America. More power to them. You know, if you're worth that money, go ahead and get it. I got no problem with that. I'm just saying that. You know, it's got a recipe for disaster in some cases. Well, well, some of them already been doing great things with the money, but you know, some are just going to do some stupid sure. crap with it. Sure, sure. But no, but getting back to Hardball, look, I, I I went back and looked at his uh, years with the Forty ers uh, pretty impressive. <laughs> He's a great I mean, football what, coach. He gets a bad rap. Dude, his yeah. his four seasons were thirteen and three, eleven four and one, twelve and four, and then eight and eight. And yeah. he made the NFC Championships uh, three three of those four years NFC Championship one time Super Bowl. Yeah. And you know, granted, Oakland's not in California, the Bay Area anymore, which is you know where Harbaugh was from and everything. Uh, well, no, that's where he coached at Stanford. Yeah. yeah. But you know, they are. They were at least, and uh, it, it could be a nice fit. Hardball is the silver gig. black. His first coaching gig was for the Raiders, so uh, I know it could him. be a nice fit. Yeah, I know he's an Al Davis guy, and he, and the, obviously the Bears. He's a dead kid guy. Uh, Patty C, you think uh, Harbaugh will be at Michigan next year? I mean, that would be. St- it would make sense for him to leave. He accomplished some of what he wanted to accomplish. He finally got Michigan on top of Ohio State again. Although doing it one time in seven years is not. <laughs> kind of what Michigan fans had in mind, I don't think, but still, like, he got it there eventually. Um, and he is a great NFL coach, and he might be built for better success in the NFL than he is in college football, quite frankly. But that said, I still think he could be a national championship coach, especially if he can get his recruiting going in the right direction. And so I, I would be very sad about it, but I think it, it's not a terrible move career wise for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I want him to stay though. He's Michigan. That's the identity. I want him to stay there for 20, 30 years, something like that. Um, Agreed. I just think it's, it's better for the sport. Uh, Virginia tech hired Wisconsin offensive line coach, Joe Rudolph. That was pretty big. It's pretty big splash there. The Hokies going for a, uh, you know, a, a guy that uh, I mean, I guess Wisconsin's offensive lines are always great, but I feel like maybe, so, maybe they've been a little worse lately, but I feel like normally they're they're really good. So for the same position, yeah, that's that's interesting that Virginia Tech will be able to lure him away. Yeah, yeah, but you think Wisconsin would have? I mean, Big Ten. Do you think they would have? They could offer just as much money, if not more. So that's that's kind of surprising. Yeah, yeah, I, I was pretty shocked at that. Uh, I mean, what are you rolling a joint there, Patty? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Little little uh, medication here. <laughs> Ran into some You're- troubles. You're unwrapping a cough medicine. Okay, <laughs> for a second there, like you're rolling something. Get your mind out of the gutter, there, Nick. Uh, um, what, what yeah, you- it is surprising some of the coaching moves. You know, they don't all make sense. Didn't you say uh, uh, Purdue just lost their defensive coordinator to to Wake Forest? Yeah, that, that was surprising as well. Here, here's why I think that makes sense. Brad Lambert, who, by the way, last season, not this season for college football, Marshall had the number one defense. Brad Lambert was the DC there. Um, I believe he's a Bill Snyder guy. Um, and 
he Marshall fired Doc Holiday, so Lambert needed to find a new gig. So he goes to Purdue, and and I mean, let me tell you, Purdue's defense from last year to this year, a gigantic difference, a gigantic difference. The guy can coach because we saw how bad Purdue's defense was the past couple of years. He comes in, and I think they were a top forty-five or top fifty defense, and they had players. They were attacking the quarterback. It was like, whoa, what the fuck? Uh, well, <laughs> he's leaving to to go to Wake Forest, and you know he coached at Wake a while. I think in the late nineties and early two thousands. So I think at his, his age, maybe, uh, maybe that's his play is to go back to a place uh, that in a way, go back home. Dude, if Wake can get like a, an average defense to go along with that offense, I mean, they could be really good. They're pretty damn good right now. Yeah. They return now, everybody. They return. It, I was, I was hearing this at that is like, Hartman coming back. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, wow. Well, uh, Hartman's got two years of eligibility left. Jeez. He's, I feel like he's been there forever. I know, but but this is what's wild is that uh, it, I, I've, I, it's going to be interesting to see because you know the preseason polls always like to shit on uh, you know they they'll pump up Miami or Texas or USC or something and they'll shit on Wake Forest but they are bringing they're they're a team that's going to yeah. finish in the top ten and Dude, they bring everybody when, back yeah I remember when Hartman lost the job to Jamie Newman who transferred to Georgia sat out went to the Eagles got cut yeah. And yeah. now, and Hartman's still in college with two more years left <laughs> because, because he was able to, he started three games that yeah. season with Newman. They benched him. So he read, they redshirted him that year. Ah, uh, look so, at that. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, interesting stuff there. Uh, also DJ Durkin was hired at Texas A and M because Elko took the Duke job that uh, that's a good hire. I think Ole Miss, Definitely. Ole Miss taking some hits with the uh, Getting their ass whooped by Baylor. Patty sees flag plant looking mighty good. We're we're kind of looking like <laughs> morons, me, uh, me and Nick, but more so Nick because uh, Big Twelve. He was a Big Twelve <laughs> hater. I picked Baylor to, to beat Ole Miss. Right? Yeah. All that last week. Yeah, that's true. But now, all granted, year, it's helpful that Matt Corral got hurt. <laughs> all year, you were shitting on them, dude. Baylor's AD needs a raise. I mean, the dude. The, Baylor is a private religious university. I mean, they're basically like wake forest or something. And they have a, a number one or top five basketball team. The football team overachieves every year, regardless of who the head coach is. They make great hires. Yeah. I, yeah. You got to tip your cap well, to the, the mean, Baylor program. There's the, co- there's the program that we should be pointing at. That's been dropping bags of cash. Cause what they, where they came from and where they've been able to sustain despite all the turnover that they've had, there has to be a, a factor that we're not seeing. And uh, you I know, don't a great think they like bring in top recruits though. So I don't know. I mean, what's their recruiting rankings. I don't think it's anything great. So yeah, they, they, they paint a bunch of three stars <laughs> <laughs> touche. I'm going to pull that up in just a second, but now, granted, uh, their, no, lo- their location in Texas is, you know, that, that's beneficial. Yeah. yeah. Number Bears. number 41 Bears. in the composite. So top Bears. 41. Way outperforming their uh their Definitely. talent ranking. Uh, Randa's a great coach. That's what it is, man. Um it's gonna be interesting to watch them as they go. So um yeah. Uh that I don't know. Uh transfer portal though has been Pretty well, hold on, dude. What there's one more hire. I just I just saw it. Breaking news: Duke's offensive coordinator is the guy, the OC from Memphis. Oh, oh, and that. So, uh, okay, so Duke goes out and gets. So Memphis loses their D coordinator, uh, Mike McIntyre, to Florida International, and now Duke hires uh, their Memphis's offensive coordinator. I so like, I, I saw it on the ticker. It's gone now. I think it's like Jason Lands or something. I'm Jason, not positive. Uh, I want to say it was Kevin Johns. Kevin That's what Johns. it is. Yeah, I was way off. Um, uh, so I think it's a pretty good hire. Though I was wondering what they're going to do on, uh, on offense, and uh, I mean Memphis has had some really good offenses the last few years. I don't know a, a whole lot about the guy, but on the surface, it seems like a pretty good hire. Should have went with Paul Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, hold on. But transfer portal got crazy too, guys. Um, well, first off, actually, another hire. On the FCS ranks, Prairie View named their head coach. For, he was an interim head coach for them a couple times, I believe. Bubba McDowell, the former Miami Hurricane safety and Houston Oilers safety, he is the new head coach of Prairie View. So another NFL guy, a head coach. 
in the swack. You got nice. some, some nice defensive backs there between Dion and Bubba McDowell. But uh, okay, now we head over to the transfer portal. Dylan Gabriel was scheduled to take classes in Westwood on uh, on Monday, I believe it was, and he was a no show for the classes because he flipped from UCLA to Oklahoma because Caleb Williams is transferred from Oklahoma, a five star that had the high one of the highest, uh, Q, uh, I think, what uh, Q, QBRs maybe uh, in all of college football last year. And uh, also five-star wide receiver, Mario Williams is leaving Oklahoma, man, both those teams or both those guys leaving Oklahoma, UCLA might be kind of fucked by this because they stopped pursuing Adrian Martinez because Dylan Gabriel committed. However, there's a chance Dorian Thompson Robinson might come back for his, his COVID year, you know, like the, the, the extra year of eligibility. I don't know what to make of those things. There's also Grant Wells, Marshall's quarterback hit the transfer portal. Yeah. Uh, he, he, I, I thought he was going to do uh, Virginia Tech. I don't think it's a done deal yet. I think that's oh, what they're really? forecasting. Gotcha. Um, uh, sadly, my Colorado Buffaloes, Brandon Rice is uh, transferring as well as uh, Levante Chenault and their whole secondary. The whole, the, basically, the whole Colorado team entered enter the mm-hmm. transfer portal. Um, that's concerning for Carl Durrell. Sean Robinson, former Missouri and TCU quarterback, hits the portal. Uh, Auburn's leading receiver Kobe Hudson hits the portal. John Rice Plumley, Patty C's boy, hits the the portal. <laughs> um, any of these stand out to you? I mean, obviously, I think the Caleb Williams one and the Dylan Gabriel are the big ones, but I think the Grant Wells Marshall one's kind of big too. And I think it's a big get for for uh, Virginia Tech if that comes to fruition. Uh, they need a, a quarterback. <laughs> you know, uh, a Burmeister's gone. As well as the second string guy, so I think that's a perfect fit for them. He's, uh, I think, only a sophomore with the COVID year. He might only be like a redshirt freshman or whatever. So he's got you know a couple years ahead of him. He stepped in as a true freshman for Marshall, looked you know looked apart. So I think that's a that that would be a very nice get for uh, Vatek. Yeah, yeah, Patty C. Where's the uh, Rice Plumbing going? Jacksonville State or what? Uh, I don't know. I was thinking maybe uh, Nebraska, but. Um, I think uh, I, I think um, Whipple's probably not going to want a, a pure athlete there. I think he likes to throw the ball around a little more. So I think going back to Rich Rod would be a great move for John Rice Plumley. There we go. There I, we go. I don't know what their baseball program's like, but it looks like that's probably what he'll be going pro in. So maybe he should be focused on that. But yeah, a couple other ones. UT Martin landed former Georgia State quarterback Cornelius Brown. Uh, Jacob Cowing, the wide receiver from UTEP goes to Arizona and Ohio state lands, Oklahoma state safety, Tanner McAllister. Um, Ohio state needs that because they, they uh, Utah was not an offensive juggernaut and uh, they certainly look like it the other day. Um, TV ratings wise, this year's college football playoff didn't do as well as last year's, but probably a lot of that is because new year's or people are just sick of Bama and Georgia. You, <laughs> you figure it out. Um, Colby, what's your uh, rating on a, on a scale of one to ten? How excited you are for the rematch? <laughs> Five. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll say this: I'm more excited to watch Montana State, North Dakota State. Even though North, the irony though is North Dakota State goes to almost all of them. They're the Alabama of yeah. the FCS. Yeah. Uh, even though I was, I was making this argument, they're worse than the Alabama of the FCS because. Uh, Alabama has a ceiling in terms of the amount of talent they can get. And the other teams, you know, are going to get the next level of talent, you know, whereas uh, uh, North Dakota state is playing like three levels above the rest of the talent in the FCS. They they produce two NFL starters. Jump up to the FBS already. Come on. They exactly. want to, from what exactly. I understand, but they want to, they, they don't want to go independent. Apparently the, yeah. the, the, the reasons is that it's so expensive to be independent. Um, mm. As opposed to uh, to joining a conference, so the Mountain West needs to step up or the MAC and says, "Hey, come here." Um, but no, I think that just the fact that they went through a whole playoff, they went through a whole playoff. Montana State story is amazing, so I would much rather watch this. And also, the the, the they're similar in a way. Montana State's head coach used to be at North Dakota State. He played at North Dakota State, where Kirby Smart used to be at Alabama. So you have that going. But I just it's also outdoors. Interesting. I, that that matters to me. That like I get bored by dome football. I watched that Cincinnati Alabama game, and as much as I'm like, hey, this is awesome. We're going to see a group of five here. I hate watching football in a dome. It's just not as good. All right. And I know people are probably sick of me talking about it, but uh, have you watched it in person in a dome before? I have. It's horrible. What game? I went to UCF LSU. 
I went to, I've been to two. What was the second one? UCF LSU in, in Arizona was one. Uh, um, okay. Was it was and that retractable roof was all the way closed? Yeah, it was all the way closed. It was terrible. It was absolutely yeah. terrible. I went to a, a a Detroit Lions game one time. It is different. It's just it's it's almost like a different sport. It's it's kind of hard to even explain. It's just I feel like you're at a feels, shopping mall. It feels different. I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know about a shopping mall, but it just feels different. Well, it, it, uh, to 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 play it back the other way, it always feels different when you watch the Detroit Lions. <laughs> True, <laughs> dude. Opening kickoff, I, I'm with a bunch. My in-laws, a bunch of big Lions fans. Opening kickoff, uh, Percy Harvin for uh, the Vikings goes like 101 yards kick return. I'm like, this game sucks. <laughs> <laughs> they, I'm sure enough, they blew him out. But anyway, uh, where were we? Yeah. Um. No, but uh, ratings were down. Yeah, I'm not that excited. And and but I, they they they. This is what what bothers me is they uh they they hit up. Uh, Nick Saban on this question. Now, obviously I'm not going to blame Saban because he's Nick Saban and, and he understands, I think what is best for him. <laughs> but uh, the, the fact that, uh, you know, they asked him, he's like, no, why would we need to explain there? You're getting blowouts. And I'm like, right. that's exactly why you need to explain expand is because, and I pulled this up. I looked at California's top 25 recruits from 2020, 23 went to a different state, right? 23, two of the 25 went to California schools. Now that's just one example, but that's why I think it's a problem. I mean, these teams, yes. I mean, if I'm, I don't blame Saban for answering that way, because if I were him, I would answer that way. If you want to maintain the, you know, the money and the, the, the program that you have. Um, but with expanding a large playoff, it just makes so much more sense that there's a chance. I mean, out here, I, I remember this from when I was bartending, like talking to people, they were saying, Oh, well, it doesn't matter. You know, uh, UCLA doesn't really have a chance. Right. I, I remember hearing that and being like, okay. And they're like, yeah, they, they believe it's a, there's a West coast bias here. And even though maybe it's not because clearly, I mean, the PAC 12 struggled in the bowl season, but I'm just saying that they, uh, they they're not in tuned. They're not in tune to the playoff. It, and maybe that's because I live in LA. I don't know, but I'm saying they are selling themselves short with this. But I do think recruiting will will change if if uh, they expand I, over time, not out the gate. Over time, it'll change a little bit to help strengthen the sport. What what's your yeah, take on that? We're looking at the game like after years of like this system being in place and really the PAC 12 shooting themselves in the foot, like not taking advantage of, you know, the system in place and the sec doing a great job of taking the uh, advantage of the system in place. And now all the talent is leaving the West coast and going to the Southeast. And so that, that makes it twice as bad. But like you said, it will take time for the the recruiting to correct itself, but then we're going to see the sport the way it was like when USC was able to not only hold their own players, but go out nationally and pull players like uh Who's the linebacker they got from Jersey? Cushing. He was like a five star out of like New Jersey. When USC was able to do that, lo and behold, they were able to dominate the sport. And so that needs to happen. And the only way that's going to happen is if either A, the Pac 12 wises up, stops playing nine conference games, et cetera, right. et cetera, or they expand the playoff and these teams feel like they have a chance, even well, if they lose a game. It's not only the Pac 12. I'm saying like it's wherever, you know, uh, wherever, if you can keep your in house guys there if you can build some football history, you know what I mean? Like, I honestly feel like there's a lot of States that feel like, Hey, let me go. I don't, we don't have a shot here. So let's go there. You know what I mean? Like, so if you have a larger playoff that, that fans can get excited for over time and say, of course, yeah, the best high school players in America, they want to play in the playoffs. They want to play in the national championship and who do they see every year? They see Alabama and Clemson and maybe Georgia or maybe Ohio State, you know, but they definitely see Alabama every year. Yeah. So obviously they're gonna want they're gonna be attracted by that. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let me get before we get to the games, I want to tell you that the college football experience is brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. The NFL playoffs and college football championships are are right around the corner and props has the best odds on all football futures. See a ticket. You like, but think the price is too high. Well, submit a bid for a price that you think is fair. Then buy it. You can always find the best odds because you're buying directly from other betters. Just like yourself. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and props will double it up to $500. 
Double the cash means double the odds. Sellers across the country list their sports bets for sale, and thousands of buyers visit props up every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. This week, Derek from Colorado purchased a Georgia college football champion uh, championship ticket on props up at uh, odds of minus one twenty, a huge discount compared to the sports books who currently have the Bulldogs at minus one fifty. If you're not using PropSwap, then you're missing out. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. The fantasy season may be over, but the action is still coming on the Better Fantasy app. Download their free-to-play app uh, today to bet on player props for the NFL playoffs. You can also enter their their player prop pools and score big when you win, we love better fantasy because we can win awesome prizes and even raise some money for charity along the way. It's totally free to play. You'll earn better credits by completing challenges and use uh, and use them uh, to place your bets. Essentially better fantasy is available worldwide in all 50 States. Download the app today at betterfantasy.com slash S G P N that's better B E T T O R fantasy.com slash S G P N. We're also brought to you by. So bet since when did sports betting become so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around in a speakeasy. So bet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by, by providing a modern platform. So bet is changing the game with their product. Head over to SoBet.io and create an account to see for yourself. They have a fully functioning and free web application. You can access a demo of their app, which will launch next fall. That app includes a consensus or consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone, you know, via text, QR codes and links among other methods. No money is transacted on the app and it's purely competitive. Next time you're with your friends watching sports, turn the dial up a notch, go to SoBet.io. Let's get back to the roots of betting with SoBet. go to SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN to join the revolution. We're also brought to you by us. Yes. The SGPN app is now live in the app store and Google play store. The app gives you easy access to all of our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right. I wanted to touch on this before we get to these games. First off, rest in peace to a uh, former Syracuse head coach, Greg Robinson, who passed away today. Uh, and also Dan Reeves, the longtime, well, former South Carolina Gamecock running back and also played with the Dallas Cowboys also coached with the Denver Broncos, Atlanta Falcons, uh, and New York giants rest in peace to those guys. But, um, uh, legendary football guys. I love that. You know, Big time. we grew Big up, time. we grew up hating the Cowboys, but Hey, Dan Reeves is okay by me. All right. He's okay. Well, by I mean, me. Dan Reeves might've played there, but when we knew Dan Reeves from the Broncos as the head coach, being Redskins fans, 87 super bowl against the Broncos, uh, 90 Super Bowl against the Broncos. Uh, no. 91? No, against the Bills, though. Oh, yeah. So they only played the, the Broncos <laughs> once in Super Bowl. Anyway, he How had many a whiskeys very good you had over there. <laughs> yeah, that's like, it's like 25 years ago, yeah. 35 years ago. I get, I get your point, though. The, the Broncos were in a lot of Super Bowls in the 80s. Yeah. Exactly. They, they lost to the Giants. They lost to the Redskins. Yeah. They, they, they got blown out of most of them, but give credit for getting there. And he's the only coach. Not in the Hall of Fame that's been to four Super Bowls. Yeah. Get wow. him in the hall. Get him in the hall. Rest well, Coach Reeves. Um, okay, let me switch over again. I wanted to ask you guys on the USFL. They 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 have this thing uh, as partner, uh, the new USLA new or, I'm sorry, I can't even talk. The new USFL, a new pro football league launching this April, is partnering with strategic education. You guys heard about that? Owners of Strayer and Capella University to offer its its players a tuition free, debt free college degree program. What do you think? So you get that with some with some pro money, and they're going after the college players. <laughs> um, well, the Strayer, the degree from Strayer University, isn't probably what most <laughs> of these players are really going to play for the USFL for. Patrick but, Peterson uh, wanted to go to Strayer; they just didn't have a football team. What's that value? Like a five K year. <laughs> it doesn't matter. USFL is going to be amazing. And we will have a USFL podcast coming for you. Can't wait for spring football. Um. Okay. Let's get to these games. Let's get to them. Hey, I, I wanted to throw one more little stat in here. Uh, the, the um, college football playoff 
10 out of the 31 berths have been uh, for the SEC so far out of the, in the eight years of the college football playoff or uh, 10 out of the 32 rather, um, which is good for 31%, right? The PAC 12 in the meantime has had two berths, wow. which is good for 6%, 6% versus 31%. That is not what the college football playoff was supposed to look like. You have to expand it. You have to, because obviously the West, they haven't been, uh, the PAC 12 hasn't been in the playoff for the last five uh, college Jeez. football playoff cycles. Yeah. That's going to destroy any conference. You know, I'm telling you, I, I, I was bar- like, I was bartending out here in, in those five years. And I remember asking, you know, talking with the customers saying, Oh, I love college football. And they're like, yeah, it's a shit. You know, they like, they feel, they feel like they're not part of the party and it's not because performance. They feel there's a West coast bias. Well, according to those stats, they're not part of the party for the majority of the time. Yeah. Yep. So, um, they so they don't really get excited about it, which I think over a long period of time can really damage the sport. But, um, let's let's talk Frisco, Texas, the greatest city in the world. We, we were talking about this. Uh, they just play football every day there. All right. I just I picture just you know you go to church and you're looking at George Hallis. You know what I mean? Like there's <laughs> every parcel of grass in the city. There's like kids playing. <laughs> yeah. That's all I picture, man. That's all I picture, right? Like it, it, you sit down at a random table and they're randomly talking about, you know, the counter tray, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, well, heaven. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You go from table to table at a bar, go from the counter tray to the triple option to uh, you know, I don't know, art shell. I don't know. <laughs> um, Montana State, the Bobcats, taking on North Dakota State. Montana State's catching seven and a half. They're a bit of a Cinderella story, and they've had a crazy postseason run because their starting quarterback, Matthew McKay, transfers, announces he's transferring while he's still on the roster. And and coach says, Okay, we're gonna go with Tommy Malott. All right. Who? Tommy Malott. All right. Uh, look, one of those tables in Frisco, Texas for the rest of eternity is going to be talking about Tommy Malott because this kid <laughs> has been, has been a stud on the uh, winning a bunch of these games on the road, beat the defending champ, Sam Houston state on the road, took down South Dakota state who went to the, uh, the FCS championship a season ago. So they beat both teams that went to the FCS championship last year. Uh, and they, they Tommy Malott's been the guy 26 of 50, 461 yards in both those games. Just a 52% completion percentage, 9.2 yards of completion, though. Four touchdowns, no picks, hasn't turned the ball over. And the real stat is 705 yards on the ground. 705 yards on the ground. Get, let the guy run around and make some plays. The guy's an animal. But can Tommy he, Vic. Yeah. <laughs> can he do it uh, in Frisco against the Bison, who have a, a stout defense, as we saw Cole Johnson stat lines, a JMU quarterback that had like 38 touchdowns and like and like two interceptions. He struggled against uh, the Bison defense, but that was in the Fargo Dome. This one's outdoors, where football is supposed to be played. What's going to happen here, guys? Seven and a half points. I think it's too much. I really think it's too much because uh, I think there, there. Sometimes you can spot a team of destiny. All right. And I feel like the Montana state Bobcats who haven't won, I think a title since like the early eighties, I think uh, they, they, they sense what's going on here. They, they, there's something, there's a, there's a, to quote Marty uh, Schottenheim, there's a gleam about them and their head coach, Brent uh, Vigen or Vig. And I always forget how the fuck that's pronounced, but he, uh, he played <laughs> at, he played at North Dakota state at tight end from 93 to 97. He was a GA there. He coached all the way up into 2013 and he left with Craig bowl to Wyoming. And then he went from Wyoming to Montana state. But this guy, if anyone knows how to beat them, it might be a bison to do it. Uh, it might take a bison to do it. So seven and a half points, Nick, what are you doing? Well, in North Dakota state, they've, you know, you know, while Montana state's had some road victories here, North Dakota state hasn't left the Fargo dome in over a month. So it's good that they don't have home field advantage here that might help in the uh, effort for the underdog here, but North Dakota state, you really got to look at the defense, man. They are absolutely crushing it. They've only given up a combined 24 playoff. Uh, I'm sorry, 24 points in three playoff games. They beat Southern Illinois 38 to seven. They beat uh, East Tennessee State twenty-seven to three, and then JMU twenty to fourteen. I mean, the yards—they're giving up no yardage basically. GMU had what three hundred five yards, but the other two teams are below three hundred, and they're plus twenty-seven minutes in time of possession over those games. 
So the really how you beat the Bison is you force them to pass the ball. They're only averaging 125 passing yards per game in the playoffs, but I think that's easier said than done. Looking at the line here at seven and a half, they're trying to get people to bet to, to put money on Montana State here. I hate to do it. I I knew Colby would go dog. <laughs> I got to go chalk here, man. Is that uh, you know, because I'm, is that because Hunter Lepke? Have you had a chance to watch this guy? <laughs> He's Larry Zonka 2.0. All right, this guy, <laughs> this guy is a complete animal. Uh, Patty C knows all about Hunter Lepke because he oh, took yeah. a big doo doo on, on JMU. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I, you know what? Have fun with the underdog here. I think the 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 better this is this is basically Alabama versus Cincinnati. Oh wow, no, it is not. Wow, <laughs> basically, I'm going with the chalk. I'm going with the offensive and defensive line. I'm going with North Dakota State. Wow. Patty C, <laughs> what are you doing here? Well, uh, I will say that, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm looking at it now. Lepke for as much as he dominated us, isn't even uh, the, the, the leading rusher by, by a stretch for North Dakota state. In fact, uh, uh, Tamarick Williams, the SMU transfer. Yeah. I'm guessing if I'm looking at this, correct is the leading rusher. So there's talent, you know, they, of course, and Cam Miller, I think, is a, a threat with his legs, so they might not be able to throw the ball downfield, but they're, you know, they can still move the ball. Obviously, they, they do the two quarterback system. They'll bring in Quincy Patterson. They'll do Cam Miller. Um, I've always Which thought doesn't that, work for them. I thought that will bite <laughs> them at some point, but Nick's got this stat on his side. First off, Montana State's one and three all time against North Dakota State, and they met in 2019. They lost 42 to 14. They met in 2018. They lost 52 to 10. But those were in the Fargo Dome. Those were Big in difference. the Fargo Dome. Big difference. The only time they've played them outside, back on uh, what is that? September twenty fourth, two thousand five. Montana State did beat them twenty to seventeen, and the Bobcats are gonna do it. That one was in Bozeman. This is in Frisco. Patty, see who you taking? Uh, well, look, you have to take. Uh, North Dakota State to to win in Frisco. They no, haven't lost seven yet. and a half points though. Are you taking but the, the the points. I, I think I am going to take Montana State because they have had such a dominant defense all year to keep that game close. And North Dakota State, for you know, as much as they're able to you know win games convincingly, they don't necessarily annihilate teams offensively. And so um, I think that that bodes for a close game, a physical game, and. I think Montana State has a real chance here. I wouldn't even be surprised if they took it on the money line, but I just can't bet against North Dakota State straight up. But that said, Montana State on the points. One last thing here: the weather, fifty uh, percent chance of precipitation. There yes. should be scattered showers all yes. throughout. That's good for North Dakota State. That's that'll football limit, weather, though. That'll help limit the passing attack for Montana State. That it comes right into my hands. I totally agree. Outdoors football weather. Played in the rain. FCS has a better. It's a better system that, like, think about it. You're getting the this repeat of teams that have been a four team invitational, and n- now you're getting a, in a dome in Indianapolis at some roller rink. And this, you got outside in Texas, Frisco, Texas, the mecca of football, apparently. Um, and and yeah. This is this is great. Uh, I love I love hearing that. I love hearing that. Let's go. Can't wait. Do we need to take a, 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 a annual pilgrimage to Frisco? I think so. <laughs> we, should. we should do one that episode a year in Frisco. Um, uh, oh. uh, l- l- uh, hold on, Patty. C's got one more thing to say here. What you got, man? Oh, what was I going to say? Um, now I freaking drew a blank. I have no idea. <laughs> Keep, go ahead. Colby. Well, the over under <laughs> is at forty one and a half. That even that is is just so much more beautiful to me than fifty one and a half in the other game. But um, what are we doing here? Over under, Nick, you going to take the under in the rain? Yeah, I think so. I this is going to be like uh, a twenty four ten or something. And I'm curious because Nick, you said that favors the rain favors North Dakota State, but Montana State plays in weather all the time. They just played in snow the last game they stepped on the field. Yeah, but so the most prolific passing attack is Montana State. Yeah. So, you know, I would think the rain would have a neutralizing effect on the passing game, not the running game. If you look at who who is a who is the better offensive and defensive line play? North Dakota State hands down. Best yeah. in FCS. Yeah. 
Come on, man. Get those big guys pushing people around in the rain. Get that running game going. Get Larry Zonka or whatever his name yeah. is going. <laughs> Patty C uh, over under. What are you you leaning over or what? You got to go under. I mean, Montana State has played 14 games now and they've given up more than 20 points once. So they have a stout defense. They're not going to be giving up, you know, 25 points. And then, you know, even at that point, if, it, if, if the spread holds, what, what did you say the, uh, the over under was 41 and a half, 41 and a half. It'll be close. That's not exactly a shootout they're predicting there, <laughs> but uh, I, I think with the rain, you got to take the under. Uh, I do remember what I was going to say. Um, even though North Dakota state has been as dominant and it's just really probably far more talented than most of the other teams at the FCS level. I think probably what we need to do is look at the uh, contender they're playing against and, and they're ranking in the uh, stats or AP poll um, or they're ranking in the, uh, the seating of the playoff. Uh, obviously uh, uh, Montana state is the seven seed. So if that's a good example, and also with the NFL, those are the two two things that give us an example of what it probably would look like at the FBS level if we had an expanded playoff. Yeah, and you have a seven seed here playing against what a three seed, and you know when we went back to the '90s and looked at it, these teams, you know, were below the four seed most of the time, winning the national championship. North Dakota State has really uh, skewed the stats toward the high seed team, but you're going to get a lot of variety. If you expand that playoff, we already know this just based on the examples we have. Anyway, off track there. Back on this game, yeah. Give me the under. Give me Montana State uh, to cover it, and give me the under. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, Monday at that filthy roller rink in Indianapolis, uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> someone tell me why they're a favorite. They're they're laying two uh, two and a half. Um, so Bama's the dog here, getting two and a half points. Last time Bama was a dog, they felt disrespected and they made Stetson Bennett look like uh, I don't know a Stan Gelball. All right, um, now Bama's catching two and a half, guys. My thing is this: I've been fading Georgia all year on the fact that Stetson Bennett can't get it done. He made me look like a fool in the Michigan game, but he also made me look great in the Alabama game. I'm gonna go with the team with the better quarterback. I'm going to go with the fact that Nick Saban has a great record against his assistants. He's only lost once, once. Uh, so I am going to ride with Alabama plus two and a half, sprinkle some on the money line, and I will take the over on 51 and a half. Nick? Well, you know, obviously I went back and forth on this game, you know, a handful of times. The first matchup I said, whenever you get a chance to take Alabama as a dog, it's almost a no brainer, right? It's very, very few, but it, it doesn't happen often. And you know that Saban, you know, relishes that role. He loves that bulletin board material. Hey, we're the dog. We're not supposed to win this. And sure enough, they came through and they would one by 17 or something. Yeah. Uh, I want to go Georgia this time though. You're going to you know, ride Stetson. I, I want to go. I want to ride Stetson. The real question is, can, can Bama have success running the football? Let me ask you this. If Stetson Bennett and Georgia get it done. Who was the last quarterback to win a national championship? That was that bad. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta go back, man. Ken Dorsey, <laughs> Ken Dorsey. <laughs> Hold on. Who were some of those Alabama quarterbacks uh, when they first started their reign? Mac- oh. McElroy. There you go. McCarron. No, but they made the NFL. Sets of Ben's got no shot at the NFL. It's true. That was, yeah. But they made, I think, I mean, they didn't last in the NFL because they were Basically, a system quarterback. I still think they're better than Stetson Bennett. By, by was it was it Jason White or or Josh Heupel that won the national championship for Oklahoma? Heupel. It was Heupel. He was not that good. <laughs> Heupel was was better than. I mean, dude, he ran the air raid well. I thought. I thought he ran it Did well. I, well, look, going back to this game, screw Josh Heupel. All right? He had a nice year at Tennessee. Has no bearing on this matchup. Uh, so the question is, I think, is is can Alabama have success running the football? Uh, in the first matchup against Georgia, they did not only ran for 76 yards, four yards a carry though. Their, their running backs only ran for 76 yards and 3.5 yards per carry. Really? Okay. The running backs, oh, what okay. was skewed a little bit was Bryce young had some, some rushing yards, four I, yards per carry is not that great either, buddy. I that, know. That, that, that ranks like 80th in the, the country. It's just good uh, enough to win though. Well, you know what? They didn't need to run the football because they were just airing it out. But I still think the loss of John Mechie hurts. And Alabama did not have success passing the football against Cincinnati. 
Well, Granted, maybe they didn't need to. Oh, and also Cincinnati's defensive backs are much better than Georgia's. But Georgia does have a good defensive of us of a secondary. I, I think Georgia will stop the Alabama run or at least contain it. And I don't know if Alabama is going to have the same success through the air without Mechie this go around. I just and think it's always tough to beat the team twice when they're, when they're that's pretty true. much equal with talent. That is true. Now, but 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 I still think the quarterback position in 2021. Bryce Young under distress rarely makes errors. Stetson Bennett, not even under distress, has moments where he'll just throw balls up there. Even in the even in the uh, Michigan game, even though he played great, there were a couple right. balls that he threw up there that if the defenses that they were pick six potential. Right. Well, look, they lost the uh, turnover battle two nothing in the first matchup because of the two picks that Stetson Bennett threw, and that was you know crucial in that game. You know, maybe if they can limit the turnovers, maybe that's equal. Then I think it's a whole new, different ball game. And you know, I mean, at, you know, those errors that Bennett made in the first game, he still threw for three forty and three touchdowns. Yeah. Now some of that was in garbage time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so take that with the grain of salt. He also had a pick six dropped. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't look. It's always it's tough to fade Saban and Bam as a dog, and it's tough to fade them against one of the the previous assistants, but. I'm going to go Georgia this year. Georgia Bulldogs. Go dogs. Um Patty, I'm interested. I think you're going to I think you're going to agree with Colby again. Um you know, if I'm being honest, look, I want to agree with you Nick as much as possible just because uh, while I do get Colby's uh point and I actually am starting to enjoy Georgia losing to Alabama a little bit. This is becoming a funny thing. <laughs> you got to admit, um, this is going to be hilarious if if they get their hearts broken again. I hope they, in a way, look. And I grew up kind of liking both these teams, both these programs. But wouldn't it? And I don't mean to cut you off, buddy. But wouldn't it be great if like Georgia's got this thing and they like fumble a snap or something like a field goal, and and Bama ends up winning? Everyone thinks, oh, if they make this thirty-eight yard field goal, they win, <laughs> and they fumble a snap. And, and, and then, uh, you know, Bama beats them again. But anyway, Patty, see, I didn't mean to derail your point. Go. No, I mean, uh, that, that's exactly it. The, the, the heartbreak of Georgia is, uh, is, is starting to become an entertaining here, especially because the sec is so dominant. At least there's one program we can poke at here. But that said, I've always loved Georgia. They, they're one of my top five favorite teams, e- even though they've, you know, I've started to become an sec hater a little bit. Um, not really, but I think that really what it is is Stetson Bennett when he's it's easy to look great when your team's up by 20 points and you can throw the ball away on third down and punt it if you have to or there's no pressure you know but obviously when the pressure ratchets up and it's essential that you get six we saw what he did against Alabama not to mention that Bama's going to be able to stuff the run more it's just going to be a much tougher situation for Bennett so we'll see what he does but I think just on history you have to go Alabama here and they're getting points. Like Nick said, very tough to bet against Alabama when they're getting points, 10 days, just enough time for Nick Saban to come up with a nasty game plan. They'll be ready. Uh, if Georgia wins, it'll probably be by a field goal at the buzzer, which I guess it was two and a half. Yeah. Two and a half. That would cover it for him. But I think that's as much as you're going to see Georgia win this game by, I don't know. I mean, obviously what they did with the chip on their shoulder against Michigan was insanely impressive. Maybe they can pull that same energy again, but uh, I think Alabama is going to be ready for this one. So a sl- it's uh, easy a to see a tide turn. Least. Yep. I think, I think Bam was the play as much as I hate it. Yeah. You guys say that there's a East coast bias in college football, which I'm not going to disagree with. Well, on this show, there's an LA bias because I see you guys agree on, on everything. And I'm always <laughs> out here on an Island myself. <laughs> All right, Nick, I'll you're hypersensitive. Yeah, what do you mean? You're I'll ACC, on, Nick. You were sitting island. on the Big Twelve all year. Big Twelve came <laughs> up big, buddy. Okay, State beats Notre Dame. Baylor takes down Ole Miss. K State. I will enjoy my island, and I'll be laughing and drinking it up when the Georgia <laughs> Bulldogs win this championship. But in all seriousness, I mean, it should be a good game. It's it's just it's almost sad that we're not more excited for it just because we see it every year. Yeah, like you know. It, if, if if there was some some variety in, on teams that make it this far, then this game would be awesome. We'd be like, man, you know, but you know, these two were the best two teams this year. We're pumped to watch the rematch. But since it's the same thing every year, it loses its luster. And I don't think any the three of us are that excited for it. Yeah, uh, much more excited I mean, for Frisco. Saw, right, we saw this exact game what three years ago. 
in yeah. the exact same scenario. No, no three weeks ago. George, <laughs> no, three weeks ago. But yeah, true, exactly. Uh, but the, the the exact same scenario we've seen it a million times. You know, and if they, George, if they like, just played a nine game schedule, you might have saw it three times this year. <laughs> well, we basically saw it like six or seven years ago or so when when Alabama played LSU again in the rematch for the national championship. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why that's why none of us are excited for this, and we should be because it should be a, a very entertaining game. It's very intriguing. I think people are torn on which side they're going to pick. It's not like you know a, an old Super Bowl where you, you knew it was going to be a blowout. I mean, this should be a close, competitive game with some of the best athletes in all of college football. Yet we're all like, yeah, yeah. I mean, me, I'm like, yes, eh, Monday night is going to be a late night. <laughs> I'm like. Well, watch up to halftime, see where it's going. If it's close, I'll continue watching. But I should be more excited, and yeah. that's college football's fault. Yeah, yeah. Army Navy much more exciting than the national championship pretty much every year. Um, well, I disagree. Yeah, yeah. You disagree there. But uh, all right, folks, subscribe to the college football experience, um, and remember that this uh, look. We're gonna we're gonna be broadcasting you Monday before the game. First off, we'll do a pregame show from SGP, but even before that. We are going to be broadcasting NCAA 14 computer against computer updated rosters. We will have you covered. Subscribe to the Sports Scaling Podcast on YouTube. Why not watch the game twice? See if there's different outcomes. See if you can get some inside Iggy on how the computers are gonna are gonna line up this matchup, and then maybe that's why you place your bet. You watch the computer do it first, then we got you covered uh, on the Sports Scaling Podcast. Check it out on YouTube and also Twitch. All that stuff. We got you covered. Uh, look, subscribe to the college basketball experience. We're, basketball season's heating up. We talk college basketball year round over there. We talk college football year round over here. Subscribe to both. Subscribe to the Sports Gambling Podcast. Get that SGPN app. It's free in the App Store and Google Play Store. Uh, you'll get access to all of our free picks and podcasts right there, and that's free to download as well. So get that. I'm on Twitter at the Colby D. Give me a follow. Patty C is on Twitter at Patty C831. NC Nick is on Twitter at NC underscore N I C K Terrell Furman jr. On Twitter at really rel underscore underscore the college football experience on Twitter at TCE on SGPN and the sports gambling podcast network is on Twitter at uh, the SGP network. Give them all a follow. Also check out the Slack channel sports gambling podcast. All right, folks, this is the college football experience FCS national championship and Georgia Bama Invitational Championship Preview. You better start thinking about yours. And we out of here.